This is Paul Gallant on 710 ESPN Seattle. Weekdays at 10 on 710 ESPN Seattle. At Gallant Says on Twitter. Text into the show at 710-710. Hello and welcome aboard the Paul Gallant Show on this Friday, July 9th of 2021. I am Paul Gallant. This is the most interactive sports talk show in Seattle. One you can jump aboard texting in 710-710 on the Mac and Jack's Brewing Company text line. You can tweet me at Gallant says it's Friday, Friday. Got to get down on Friday. I've done it three times today because I do think that song by Rebecca Black is an absolute banger. I know Peyton Barron's behind the glass. I know, Nick. I know some people don't like Rebecca Black, but Rebecca Black, I mean, she was a transcendent figure (laughs) in 2010, 2011 culture, whenever she actually did make it big. Okay, guys. 2011. 2011. Wow, God. Yeah. Old. You are. But I'm going to keep her alive in spirit forever. Anywho, Logan Gilbert was awesome yesterday for the Seattle Mariners. Awesome. I didn't think that he would be the one between he and Jared Kelnick. We thought we would see both of them in the first half of this season. I didn't think he would be the one to be as good as he's been out of the gate. I'll give Danny O'Neill credit for this. Danny thought that Logan Gilbert would have the kind of start that he's had, and after a couple of, of, of starts, I don't know if he thought it was going to be this good, but he thought that Logan Gilbert would show the most success early. What we are seeing out of Logan Gilbert right now, though, it's not just success. This is the makings, I think, of a star. Maybe I'm crazy here, but that performance against the New York Yankees yesterday was something else. And it's some rookie phenom stuff that you thought you might see out of like Casey Mize, who's the number one prospect in baseball for the Detroit Tigers. And obviously it's the Detroit Tigers. You can't do much there. But <laughs> you thought Casey Mize would be putting together starts like this. But no, it's Logan Gilbert. And it's the most pleasant surprise I could think of on this baseball season. No doubt about it. And Peyton, he's definitely got to be in the Rookie of the Year conversation already. Wouldn't it be something else if the Mariners got Rookie of the Year back-to-back seasons? Jer- you Not Jared Kelnick, my bad. Uh, Kyle Lewis, who unfortunately is dealing with an injury and hopefully will be back before the end of the year. Also, you know, Jared Kelnick, he came up. With how confident he seemed, I thought for sure it was going to be Kelnick between those two that was going to be the guy who took over baseball by storm. And maybe that was wishful thinking. I am the king of wishful thinking. Go West. I thought that maybe, just maybe, Jared Kelnick would deliver the same way that we've seen young guys like Fernando Tatis Jr. to be specific. Just crush it right out of the gate. Instead, it's been Logan Gilbert. And you know what? I don't have a problem with that at all. And I'm going to be patient continuously with Jared Kelnick. But what we saw from Logan Gilbert yesterday, again, it was awesome. It really was. And if you don't believe me, then talk to Scott Service, who talked about Gilbert's mentality against this Yankees lineup. I uh, can't say enough about you know his mentality, composure as he's going through that game. You know, they get a little something going on in, in the second inning and he steps up, and after that, he just got on cruise control. I think it was like 18 in a row after that. And uh, eight punch outs, no walks uh, against a quality opponent. Uh, feather in his hat. You can't do a whole lot better than that today. And Give him all the feathers. I'm with, very... the, with the peacock feather on top, too. Big Absolutely. old feather. Big, big, big feather. I'm actually curious now, thinking about it, my mind wandering a little bit. When did we start putting feathers in caps? We definitely don't put feathers in caps anymore. I mean, I haven't seen a baseball cap with a feather in it ever. Maybe that's something that we should do. Maybe Logan Gilbert, he goes on to the mound. You should like, start doing that. Yeah, he's got some sort of headdress on, I mean, to intimidate the opposition. This is his war hat where he's got some feathers on it or something like that. I'd rather just bring back Willie Stargell stars 
with okay. the pirates and put the stars on the hat. Okay. That, that was, was cool. cool. Okay. I like that. Maybe pillbox caps, too, while we're at it. I mean, you know, the 70s were just better. How about trucker caps? Oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> Field those. Trucker caps, honestly, I feel like would be a lot cooler for a pitcher up on the mound. Like, literally cooler. I, I've always found baseball uniforms to look very stuffy and not comfortable. Scott Service continued praising the thing that really and literally jumped the most for Logan Gilbert yesterday, his slider. Here is Scott Service. The performance today by Logan Gilbert doesn't get a whole lot better than that. Um, obviously, a, a very veteran club. He came in just on the attack, uh, was going to dominate the strike zone. That's exactly what he did today. I thought it was uh, the best slider we've seen him have since he's been in the big leagues here. Uh, he went to it often. He needed to against eight right-handed hitters in their lineup. .96 ERA in his last three starts. He retired the last 18 batters he faced after allowing the only hit he allowed yesterday to Giancarlo Stanton. By the way, the Mariners one hit the Yankees after allowing 28 hits the first two games of that series, so a nice bounce back from this team that has showed resilience already this season, but again shows it after some pretty low lows. That series against the San Diego Padres didn't look so good. They've been pretty good since then. This series, not a great start. Obviously, I was a little bit sad the last couple of days, a little depressed Panda over the struggles that they've had against New York. Logan Gilbert comes out there and does what you were hoping Yusei Kikuchi could do. After that hit batter, he retired 18 straight batters. That's really awesome, especially for a young pitcher. Eight strikeouts, too. There are, I don't know how the stat heads in baseball find these statistics, these very specific statistics, but he is the first Mariner starter to go seven plus innings, allowing one hit or fewer and zero walks since Felix Hernandez had a perfect game in 2012. Now, I do find it interesting that walks and hit by a pitch are, are looked at differently. I mean, technically that is a walk, so there was a bit of a walk there, at least in my book. Mr. Non-Baseball Guy, Mr. Non-Seam Head. He did, he did plunk a dude. Now, one getting away from him is different than four outside the zone. Fair enough. That's a solid counter-argument. To me, though, the end result is still the same thing. Yes, you put a guy on first. Right, and he unfortunately wasn't throwing intentionally at Runyet Odor. I would never think that Logan Gilbert would do that, but you know what? Next time around, I feel like the Mariners might be perhaps throwing a little bit more chin music to one Runyet Odor, one DJ LeMahieu. We'll talk about the little squab that took place at the end of the game. This is star stuff, and I know for a franchise that has starved specifically for a young arm like this for quite some time in a post-Felix Hernandez world, this is really promising. I mean, I don't know if Felix Hernandez comparisons are fair, like even the possibility of it, or Randy Johnson comparisons are fair. But that guy is a tower up on the mound, and when you have one pitch that is that dominant, I think that the other pitchers that you have can also get to that level. And that is a good Yankee lineup that he went up against. I know the statistics indicate otherwise. You are what your stats are. You are what your record is. The Yankees are a fourth-place team. But that was a really impressive performance that he took together. And it has me wondering about who, if you were a tradesman, someone who likes stonks and business portfolios and investments and mahogany books. If you could invest in one or the other, Jared Kelnick, who you can definitely buy on the short right now because he's 21 years old, he's in the minor leagues right now, he didn't look so good in his first trip to the major leagues, or 
Logan Gilbert. Stock is very high at this point in time. Who are you buying? I'm buying the high stock. I'm going to try to buy the Amazon stock right now. Logan Gilbert looks like a piece of Amazon stock, although maybe that's a little bit too rash to say that he's already that defined, that established, but Gilbert would be my move right now. And you were looking at comparisons a little bit earlier, trying to see if there's a Felix comparison, if you see if there's a Randy Johnson comparison. This reminds me of Walker Bueller's breakout season of 2018, Walker Bueller, where he got his real rookie start. He pitched in eight games when he had his cup of coffee. But the next year he came back, pitched in 24 games, went eight and five, struck out 151 guys throughout the season. Logan Gilbert is looking like the power pitcher that Walker Bueller came on to be. Walker Bueller, Texas Ranger. Bueller. Bueller, Walker, and Bueller. Interesting. Brandon Morrow was someone that was brought up on the text line, so as a, I guess, cautionary tale here, too. Yeah. So he has one hit the Yankees before. (laughs) So, yeah, something to keep in mind. The consistency Gilbert has shown, though, I feel like that should have us all feeling pretty good about where this team is going. You look at the needs for this team as well. I would say Logan Gilbert, top of the charts. We need pitchers right now. Our lineup, I feel like, has been getting the job done. Ah, I don't know about that, Nick. In a way, at least four runs a game. I think they're they're doing pretty well when they get at least four runs a game. Nick, we got a really low low bar for this marriage <laughs> right now. The pitching is, I think, better significantly. than the I would lineup. say they need more pitching. In no my doubt. I mean, that's the, the only way they're going to win games this year is if they have more pitching. So from that perspective, Nick, I do agree with you here. I'm Paul Gallant. This is the most interactive sports talk show in Seattle. 710-710, the Mac and Jacks. Brewing Company text line. Paul, you are the worst sports host in Seattle. Your voice is irritating. Your opinions are weak, but spelled like the actual week itself. I'm not going to make fun of the spelling, though. Should I speak in a different voice the rest of the show? I mean, I know people love my impersonations. Maybe I should speak like Bane? Huh? Anyone? Yeah, let's try it. The Yankees were born in the darkness when they went <laughs> up against Logan Gilbert on yesterday's game. What? Yeah, that's not very good. We try, though. It was a good effort. I'll give you props for that. Good job, good effort by one Paul Gallant. All right, guys, it's the most interactive sports talk show in Seattle. You know the drill. You can cut the line if you send an insult into the Mac and Jack's Brewing Company. Text line this hour of the Paul Gallant Show is brought to you by Advanced Hair Restoration. You can tweet me at Gallant Says, 710-710, the Mac and Jack's Brewing Company. Text line, your chance to call in at... 10-15-206-421-3776. 10-15-206-421-3776. But right now, it's 10-11. That means it's time for What's Trending, brought to you by Kings Heating and Air with Peyton Barrons. Guess what, Peyton? I just threw that on you last minute. I know. I was so unprepared for this. Because Paul is a terrible teammate and does a terrible job of preparing people for the things that they need to do when they're hosting a show for the first time. Don't worry about it. We'll go through <laughs> it really easily. Here's What's Trending. The New York Yankees are a bunch of soft little whiners. That is trending. Did you see that yesterday? And if you didn't watch yesterday's game, I encourage you to actually go back to the MLB.tv broadcast if you have an MLB.tv account just to watch the whole thing. Because first off, it starts off with Runyon Odor in the ninth inning. He comes up to the plate and you think to yourself, okay, Runyon Odor... We know he's a bit of a hardo. An inside pitch at Runyon Odor. They have a shift all the way to the right side of the infield. Everyone's playing way back on the infield. And he decides that he's going to square up for a bunt mid-pitch. But I think that Kendall Graveman, as a, as a closer who wants to make sure that every single batter is wary of him, decided to throw a ball that was a little bit inside. Odor freaked out, but Odor made himself 
a bigger target there by squaring up for the bunt. So, yeah, he was trying to do something last second to maybe catch the Mariners off guard. But he made himself a bigger target, and he made himself a closer target. And then he spins out of it, and he gives Kendall Graveman this ridiculous stare down. And I, I just thought to myself, dude, calm down, man. Relax. That was your fault. That was your fault that you found yourself in that situation. So you think it's going to be a one-off thing. Rune Odor is the same guy who punched Jose Bautista in the face. Okay, so it's maybe just one guy. But then later on, the Yankees and that entitlement attitude that they have continues where DJ LeMahieu is at the plate. And first pitch of the at-bat, even though the Mariners are up 4 nothing. LeMahieu gets super worked up because Kelnick throws another ball inside and it grazes his jersey. Here's how that sounded on the broadcast. Dave Sims, Mike Blowers on the call and giving DJ LeMahieu in the most subtle way possible some well-earned razzing. Kendall moving some feet today. Catches the jersey of LeMahieu. He's going to... Stare at him all the way down the first. McDelivery Supermoan just catches the jersey. He even said something because Kendall oh, looked at him the whole way. He sure did. See, in the double-knit days, Mike, that would just have been ball one. Thank you very much, Dave Sims. That was weak sauce. <laughs> and I know that Dave Sims is a, is a professional broadcaster. I am not. I found that to be just an absolute joke. DJ LeMahieu, have some pride. Have some... Look, I know that we live in a era of toxic masculinity, blah, 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 blah. Have some machismo here. Act like it didn't bother you at all. The Yankees acting so bothered by this. It's not like they had their a ball thrown at their head, first of all. So, relax. Second off, it's the ninth inning. You want to get on base. What are you worked up about? Why are you upset? Unless you have zero faith in Aaron Judge's ability to actually perform in the clutch, which, you know, honestly, it's a pretty fair fear to have. And was made true when Aaron Judge grounded out to end the game into a double play. After this, you think the game's over. Okay, this it's just a couple of stare downs and a couple of guys, baseball players being baseball players. But no, a bunch of Yankee players came out of the dugout because Kendall Graveman stared back at DJ LeMahieu, which was hysterical. And DJ LeMahieu got worked up in Runyado Door. Um Sonny Corleone-esque figure that he is, angry, irritated, comes out of the dugout and starts, like, walking up and down the foul line. Like he is some sort of hardo panther on the prowl. If I can get out of this cage, if I can just get out of this cage. You know, that's what I think jungle cats typically think when they're at the zoo. Back and forth, back and forth. They're just waiting for that opportunity that they can get out and do some of the things that we have seen in some of those really sad viral videos of, you know, like a leopard on the wild. Leopard in the wild or something like that, just going after folks. He wasn't going to do anything there, though. And after the game, this is, I think, what makes it the worst part about it. Here's DJ LeMayhew being asked if there was something that goes back in time between these two, if there was some history between he and Kendall Graveman. I mean, I don't really want to get into it. Um, <laughs> you know, threw one in on Ruggie and the next one in on me looks suspicious. But, I mean, just just baseball. Was there any prior history between you guys, or is it just simply that at bat with Rugnet and and then the inside pitch to you that that got yeah it? Uh, yeah no history I don't want to talk about it but you do want to make a big scene over it oh it's just suspicious yes it's suspicious that you got mad about potentially getting on base in a game where you're down four nothing in the ninth inning and you have a chance to sweep a team and you are in fourth place in the American League East. 
That is suspicious. It is suspicious to me that the Yankees are underachieving. The most entitled fan base in all of sports. But at least I respect the fans in that they are going to yell at you and chirp at you and perhaps fight you. The Yankees themselves, entitled, all talk, I guess all stares, but no bite. I'm Paul Gallant. This is the most interactive sports talk show in Seattle. 206-421-3776 is how you call in. You can text into 710-710 on the Mac and Jack's Brewing Company text line. If you could invest in one or the other, Jared Kelnick or Logan Gilbert, and you have to stick with this guy for all time, who are you sticking with? I'm surprised there aren't many Jared Kelnick answers here. Gilbert or Kelnick, you get to answer. It's your chance to be heard. Your voice, your opinions. It's time to be heard. Every day at 10.15 with Paul Gallant. Be heard. 710-710, Mac and Jack's Brewing Company. Text line, um, gents, you always throw inside when somebody squares the bunt. They teach you that in Little League, for God's sakes. Good point. And that's what Kendall Graveman did. So Odor was asking for it. He was. That he got so worked up. I don't know where that's coming from. I don't know if that's because of the last five years of him playing baseball. But whatever the heck it was, it was just so, I think, pathetic. No one was trying to intentionally throw at New York Yankee batters in the midst of a game that the Mariners led for nothing. We saw this team get, what, 28 hits the two games before? You don't want to give them any possibility, especially with the top of the order at the plate, of perhaps creating a rally and winning the game. So, with that in mind, I really don't get it. Text in 710-710, Mac and Jack's Brewing Company text line. A question, and this question comes from Roy. I think that Logan Gilbert is our future ace. And if we keep Yusei Kikuchi, we are solid next year. Don't know the salary numbers on that, but we need our pen to get better. Um, He also says a little bit later that he's frustrated with the 20 years of embarrassment. And he says he has a question. I'm looking for the question. I can't find it, Logan. Or excuse me, I can't find it, Roy. Sometimes the text line gets a little bit wonky in terms of being able to keep all the questions together. 20 years of embarrassment should not make you nervous about these two. I really think that you need to, when you look at the Mariners, and if you are somebody who has been frustrated all these t- all these years, and I know we get these people a lot, and and by the way, I say these people, I don't mean these people in, in a demeaning way. Like I, I totally empathize with anybody who is frustrated with the way that things have been going of late. I totally get it, not of late, for a while. But I don't think that you should look at past history and assume that that might be a possible detriment effect on one Jared Kelnick, on one Logan Gilbert. 710-710, Mac and Jack's Brewing Company text line. Results matter. Gilbert is delivering. Kelnick did not. So at this moment, you have to go with Logan Gilbert. And that's where I'm at right now. <laughs> we got some interesting text here on the most entitled fan bases in all sports. Wow, a Celtics fan calling another fan base entitled? Pot? Kettle much? Honestly, I don't think Celtics fans are as entitled as they used to be. Now, another fan uh, fan base that I may or may not be familiar with, the uh, New England Patriots fan base, that is that is probably right out there with the Yankees. In fact, that probably is more than the Yankees, and they're having a difficult time, I'm hearing, dealing with you know the loss of one Tom Brady. But that's just what I hear. Uh, 7-10, 7-10. The Lakers are the most entitled fan base in all of sports. I, I disagree with that. Having gotten to know Michael Bumpus more and more, and I hope he's having a good time on vacation, I have 
come to respect Lakers fans a little bit more because Michael Bumpus doesn't like LeBron James, and I, I, I find that I find that very endearing in a Lakers fan. I find that very endearing. Now, Noble of him. Yeah. Now, 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 Bump does also think Kobe Bryant's the best basketball player I think of all time. I think if you were to really push him on it, maybe he would say Michael Jordan. And Mount maybe Rushmore. We, we can throw him on Mount Rushmore with no problem. Yeah, yeah, your Celtics is showing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. There, seven ten, seven ten on the Mac and Jack's Brewing Company text line. Toxic masculinity is what you saw in the New York Yankees. Fake toughness. Real masculinity can discern the difference and defend when it is right. Use the word discern there. Fantastic job, sir. Pitching is the priority. Writes another texter. Position players will flesh out with the strength of the M's current system. Pitching is our gold standard to shoot for. The rest of the team is strengthening at the pace to complement a good pitcher. You are right from this perspective. It's never one guy in the lineup that's going to make the ultimate difference. In fact, it's not two guys, and we're going to see that this weekend. I mean, the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim, of California, of the United States of America, of North America, of formerly Pangaea, of Earth in the Milky Way galaxy as part of the solar system. I look at that Angels team, and you see the salaries that they once had in Albert Pujols and in Mike Trout. Pujols they got rid of this year. You see the salary that they are giving Shohei Otani in addition to Mike Trout. They have two of the best hitters in baseball, and what is that doing for them? It is about pitching. The Yankees are only going as far as they're pitching, no matter how good their lineup is. And right now, with Garrett Cole struggling the way that he is after a really good year last year, perhaps due to alleged... Uh, spin doctoring, if you will. You see the difference. It's weird, though, because I do find pitching to be the finishing touch. And maybe it's because I make that comparison to the Astros. And if you throw cheating aside, when the Astros finally decided to go after real pitching, that's when they finally were able to kick down the door. Where in 2015, they really had just Dallas Keuchel and the rest of the lineup that was sort of coming together at the right time. They br- 206-421-3776. That is how you call in to the most interactive sports talk show in Seattle. Josh is in Yakima. Josh, what's going on, man? Hey, I just have to eat some lunch right now, some mm. delicious nachos. Mm. Anyways, um, so if you're talking about between hitting and, and pitching from a standpoint of a longevity of a career, <clears throat> to me, I think uh, if you, uh, you can have a great hitting career, but I think pitching, always quality pitching, uh, by far is 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 always hard to come by. So I would take a, the side of a pitcher if you're talking about longevity of a career. Um, you can start as a quality starter, and then if you're not doing good, you can go and you know yeah, you get in or set up like or, the or, like, like we're seeing with uh, Kendall Graven right now. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it just depends on how how much quality is actually there. Is this just uh, you know is this just the well, they're just trying to figure them out kind of thing, or right. is this just a one year? kind of deal or is next year you're going to be a flop you know? I, I i think i think he's going to be able to continue this josh and appreciate the phone call i, I, I totally i totally agree and i'm excited about our young enthusiastic mariner team i mean yeah. heck, this is i mean i'm excited i feel like i'm watching the old uh san francisco giants of the early 2000s where they had a bunch of young kids and they were winning let's go championships you know with, with nobody you know so i like it I like it too, Josh. Appreciate the phone call. Hope to see you out at 710 Day on Saturday. By the way, guys, come on out to the Centerfield Bleachers on Saturday. $7.10 tickets. This is like bringing back the 70s, bringing back the 80s. 
Although I don't think we want to go so far. There's a really funny podcast I listen to. It's called The Dollop, and there's a, I think it was a 10-cent beer night way back in the day. In Chicago. Yeah. Yeah, it didn't go well. It was a disaster. They canceled the rest of the game. <laughs> it's a fascinating, fascinating story, though. That was my attempt at a Chicago accent. I don't know if it really worked out there. Anywho, it's the most interactive sports talk show in Seattle. Coming up next, Joe Fan covers the Seattle Seahawks. We're going to talk a little bit of Seahawks, but Joe Fan also knows him some baseball. He's a Mariners fan, and I want to get some of his thoughts on what we saw in yesterday's baseball game against the New York Yankees. Don't go anywhere. It's the most interactive sports talk show in Seattle. And if you've got a question for Joe, 710-710. It's 1030. And that means it's time to get in the sports pit. In the pit where all that stuff goes down, and if you don't have some freaking toughness, you're going to get your, you're going you're to fail. With Paul Gallant. Got to have that toughness. We're efforting to get Joe Fan to talk in Seahawks podcast. Very interesting topic that he discussed on the most recent episode of the podcast. Five good Seahawk players who need to be great this coming season. So we'll talk about that in a moment. We'll also continue to talk about what we've been discussing all morning long, and that is the awesome performance that we saw yesterday from Logan Gilbert that has me, at least right now, Mr. Overreactionary Baseball Guy, who reacts to all of the 162 in the same exact way that I react to football games, which leads some texters to say, Paul, you don't know what you're talking about. But I look at Logan Gilbert, and right now if I had to buy stock in one of those two, even though that the... Jared Kelnick's stock is probably really cheap right now, and I can buy a whole lot of it, like it's GameStop or AMC. I'm going with Logan Gilbert. What we've seen from Logan Gilbert, that's star potential. It almost, and you always have to say almost with this team and its history, but it almost feels like this guy is going to turn into a star, and I don't know how many more starts it's going to take for me to go there and make my escape, but what we have seen out of this guy over the last couple of starts. It's something else. .69 ERA, eight strikeouts against the Yankees. And okay, maybe you're not a stats guy, but take a look at the highlights yesterday. I mean, he made New York Yankee hitters look like buffoons, which is fantastic given that the Yankees hitters were also acting like buffoons at the end of the game. hard oh much whether it's one, Runyet Odor, or two. I forgot his name for a second. By the way, Runyet Odor, there's like 30 Runyet Odors. He has a brother named Runyet Odor. I think his dad is named Runyet Odor. I feel like it would be very difficult to differentiate between everybody if your entire family is a bunch of Runyet Odors. And then on top of that, you got DJ LeMahieu yesterday, a couple of hardos out there. Not a hardo, the host of the Talking Seahawks podcast, the one and only Joe fan, my good friend. Joe, what's going on, buddy? Dude, you don't know I'm not a hardo. You haven't seen me in the gym. <laughs> you know what? I have, uh, put up I, 135 three times and, 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 <laughs> just, and brag about it and like scream on the third rep and let everyone in the gym know. You don't know that. I, I, I haven't watched you play basketball in, in, in a hot minute, and I know that I definitely came across as the hardo the one time that I came in as a sub for you guys. An actually competent basketball team. Meanwhile, you have this little spider monkey who's running around, diving out of bounds, and being that guy while everybody else is playing. Like, hey, uh, we... We have lives. We don't want to get injuries. But you know what? Some people some people are just hardos, like those two that we saw out there yesterday for the New York Yankees. What did you make of all of that? I mean, especially of Logan Gilbert, Joe, because I know you're a big Mariners fan. What we have seen out of Gilbert in the last couple of starts, man, it's it's looking really special. It does look special. I think yesterday there was a clutch factor to it because 
it's so much momentum going into that series, and you lose the first two games of the series. Kikuchi gets roughed up. Uh, Sheffield gets embarrassed, and now you know who knows when we're going to see him at the big league level again in his uniform if we if we ever do. Um, and Logan Gilbert came in and stopped the bleeding in, in an emphatic way. I mean, he was dominant. What seven innings, ten uh, Ks, one hit. I mean, he was absolutely lights out, and and that's what you want to see. I mean, that's the most crucial part of this season is who are the young guys that are developing and are they going to help you win a championship? And Logan Gilbert looked like a front-of-the-rotation starter who's a guy you can go to battle with in October you know, if and when the, the Mariners finally get there. I'm really liking what I'm seeing out of the guy, and especially when you make New York Yankees look silly. Special play to my heart, place in my heart for that. So, Joe, in the most recent episode of the Talking Seahawks podcast, you had a couple of, I think, really good topics, and this one specifically – Good Seahawks who need to be great in 2021. And I don't want to spoil your entire list, but you started off with a guy who is one of the newest and perhaps most important Seahawks, not just in terms of keeping Russell Wilson upright, but perhaps keeping Russell Wilson in town. Yeah, that's Gabe Jackson. And, you know, the way I looked at it and the way I came up with the list is I think there's there's really two arenas where I think the Seahawks are going to determine whether or not the Seahawks can get back to their first NFC Championship game since 2014. And the first is Shane Waldron has to be the guy. And we've talked about that all offseason. Yep. But he and Russell Wilson have to be in lockstep. He's got to get the offense to where it is a juggernaut for 16 weeks. And you can't have that second-half slump. I mean, this is an offense that should be a lock for top 10. Um, it very well should be, or and it could be, a top five offense. That all depends on how you know Shane Waldron does and whether or not he's the guy for the job. I have confidence that he will be. The other part of that is there's a number of players who have to reach their ceilings, or at least get closer to it. And that's you know, there's a number of young guys who we don't necessarily know what their ceilings are. They're relative unknowns, but there are also a number of guys who we know are are solid players, and they've got to be even better uh, this year. And Gabe Jackson is one of them. Where Okay, we know he's a good player, but is he going to be that market improvement on the, along the offensive line? He's the only newcomer. And when Russell Wilson puts the team on notice and says, I'm tired of getting hit so much, and they come up with Gabe Jackson, that was a big move, but he's got to pay off. I mean, he's got to be a stabilizing presence there. He's got to help elevate Ethan Postage. He's got to help bring Damian Lewis along. I think Damian Lewis, another one, he, he was on the honorable mentions list of a guy who's, who's got to be uh, someone who takes a step forward. Um, and then you look at, you know, all name was one other, other real quick uh, from the list, and that's DJ Reed. I was going to go there next. On this, yeah, you can put Akello on this list as well. But to me, Akello is like a, a guy with good to great traits. Right. Great to be consistently good. Where DJ Reed played great football last year. So we've seen it from him in a Seahawks uniform. He just needs to, to do it again this year because without Shaquille Griffin, quarterback is the biggest question mark left on this team. And, and DJ Reed. You know, it's like, all right, was that just a, a one-off uh, sort of deal, or is he truly a number one corner in this league, and the Seahawks need him to be this year? I'm with you there. I love how scrappy he is as a cornerback. He is fearless. He seems to really relish competition, but it's one thing to play well as a cornerback when you're going up against the quarterbacks the Seahawks went up against down the stretch, a couple of Jared Goffs. You're going up against uh, Carson Wentz. You're going up against Kyler Murray with a banged-up shoulder. This year, at least on paper, though we don't know about Aaron Rodgers and Deshaun Watson, 
they will be going up against better quarterbacks on a much more consistent basis. And I'm with you there. I really wonder just how good DJ Reed is. Yeah. I think, again, you give him the benefit of the doubt because he was great last year and you don't want to you know, take anything away from him. But like you said, you have to see it again. You have to see it against elite talent. And that's just, not only that, but you know, he's not surprising anybody this year. I mean, last year was when the expectations are low, and that's not to say that people thought he was a bad player, but they just didn't know. And so when he comes in, it's like, oh, my gosh, who's this guy that can play nickel, that can play right corner, that can play left corner? This guy has done it all. And he was, he was so clutch for the Seahawks last year because they were decimated by injuries um, in the secondary, which is why he had to play all three spots at corner. Okay, well, now you are the guy, and you have talked the talk all offseason about being the guy, and you talk about wanting to smoke and all that. Well, you're going to get to smoke this year, yeah. not just from elite quarterbacks, but from elite wide receivers. And so can you hold your own? And I, and I anticipate he will because, to me, the mentality is so important to fit that skill set. He was so good that you know he gave the Seahawks a blueprint of, okay, if you don't have these elite traits, these, you know, the tall, long arm kind of build that, that Richard Sherman made famous in Seattle that Akella Witherspoon uh, fits to a T. Okay, what are the traits you have to have to be a smaller size corner and still be successful? And DJ Reed gave him the blueprint. And there's, I don't think without DJ Reed being as successful as, as he as he was last year, they draft Trey Brown at Oklahoma in the fourth round, someone of almost identical yeah. build. Trey Brown, Ugo Amadi, some undersized corner on this team. I, I don't want to spoil. Your list, and I want people to check out the Talking Seahawks podcast because I like that topic. Five Seahawks who are good but need to be great. I wonder if Quandre Diggs is on that list because Quandre Diggs, I think, was great at the end of 2019. And last year, I think he was good, and obviously he racked up a lot of interceptions. He just didn't make the same kind of difference that he felt like he made in 2019. He could have been. I left him off because I gave him the benefit of the doubt of already being a borderline great player. Well, he's a Pro Bowl alternate last year, the year before. Um, I mean, the fact that he has created as many turnovers as he has the last couple of years, to me, gives him a pass of, I think he's a, a crucially important player. But to me, this list I created, our players are more of like I have, I have legitimate questions about where I don't really question whether or not Quandre Diggs is going to be who we expect him to be. Uh, in 2021. So, again, if you define your list differently or however you want to, you know, I'm not going to argue with you if you say, man, Quandre Diggs one of the five most important Seahawks this year um, because of what they need from him and what, you know, maybe his ceiling is, is yet untapped. So, you know, the way I looked at it, there are five players who, um, you know, we know are solid players and have very discreet, you know, you, you, can, you can see them reaching their ceilings as opposed to, kind of random guys who you're saying, man, well, this guy turns into, you know, Cedric Lattimore turns into Aaron Donald, man, how big would that be for the Seahawks? And so it had to be where they had realistic upside that we have at least seen glimpses of to this point. He's Joe Fan. He asks the best questions at Seahawks press conferences. He's got a Talking Seahawks podcast. You can hear him on Jake and Stacy as well, and occasionally on this very radio program. Joe, always a pleasure. and talk to you soon. Hey, Paul, thanks for that. I appreciate it, man. The one and only Joe fan, everybody. Mr. Joe himself. All right, guys. Up next, we wrap up the Paul Galan Show, the most interactive sports talk show in Seattle with, first off, a headline that, I'm sorry, I just don't have time for these bad vibes. Not going into this weekend. Nope. Not wrapping up the first half of the season. Nope. I ain't going here. And I don't want 
anyone else to have to go here. But I'll tell you what I'm talking about next, and you get to answer the question. Logan Gilbert, Jared Kelnick, what stock are you buying into right now? The Paul Gallant Show, 710 ESPN Seattle. You're listening to Paul Gallant. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. Every day at 10 on 710 ESPN Seattle. The Mariners had a nice win yesterday against the New York Yankees, and it's all because of Logan Gilbert. Pitching has really been powering the Mariners all season long, whether it's the bullpen, Paul Sewald, or Kendall Graveman, or it's the starting rotation with what we've seen from Yusei Kikuchi with what you got from Chris Flexen thus far this season, and, of course, what you got from Logan Gilbert yesterday. And Logan Gilbert is all of a sudden looking like somebody who has potential ace stuff down the road, looks like he could be a future star of the Mariners, and has me at the very least wondering if he's going to be, ultimately, the more impactful player for the Mariners down the road than one Jared Kelnick we saw a little bit earlier. And I'm not throwing out the possibility of Jared Kelnick being able to figure things out the next time that he is up in the major leagues. I am not going to do that. I would not do that to anyone who has only had a couple of at-bats when he had this, all the weird circumstances that with the pandemic that he had last year that basically may, meant that he was not challenged at all this past year. 2020. The one that's in the rearview mirror. And then you go to the AAA level and I mean, how much of a challenge are you even getting at that point too? So it had me wondering, question-wise, Question of the day for 710 ESPN Seattle. Let's play the stock game. You can buy stock in Jared Kelnick because it's low right now. Or you can buy stock in Logan Gilbert. It's pretty high. You got to pick between the two. Who are you buying stock in? This texter sounds like he's a smart businessman with many business portfolios and briefcases and such. Business. Business owns more than three ties. Ooh, I'm so impressed. Ooh, he has a couple of suits and a briefcase, perhaps two briefcases, and he carries them both at the same time every single day. Multiple sports jackets. Mm, see, he <laughs> goes to the barber and gets a three hundred dollar haircut once a week. Oh, this there guy, he has dividends and a house in the Maldives and also an offshore uh, bank account. I'm just saying words that sound like money right now. So, uh, all right, now that we're done that. This texter, I'm buying 70% Kelnick stock and 30% Gilbert. Kelnick is going to figure it out. But if not, you've got that Gilbert stock as a cushion. Wow. Now I feel dumb. I mean, this guy just completely exploited a loophole in my questioning. That guy's a true investor. Diversification at its finest. Right. Because he did technically pick one over the other. He mm-hmm. picked Jared Kelnick stock over Logan Gilbert. But the diversifying of his portfolio in his <laughs> briefcase with the stocks and the money. Getting real literal over here. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I feel like such an idiot whenever I look at anything that is involved with uh, stocks or things like that. And I know that essentially <laughs> that stocks are, are, are another form of gambling in that you, you don't really have that much of an idea of what's going to go up and what's going to go down. And sometimes Robin Hood's going to get in the way and completely job you when you know you decide to game the system. Against Did somebody get wrapped by cats. GameStop over there? Uh, no, I didn't. No, no, I didn't go in on that because I knew that I knew basically this was too good to be true. Okay. Someone's going to step in here. Uh, 710-710 back in text brewing company text line I'm ignoring your stocks and buying the new crypto token called Julio Rodriguez there you go I like that Dogecoin to the moon (laughs) Julio Rodriguez coin Julio coin Julio coin yeah I I think Julio is definitely a little bit more certain than than Dogecoin listen I don't know anything about stocks to the moon 
As a texter says, get off the radio. Yeah, I don't blame you for <laughs> with some of the uh, terrible texts on stocks right now. Um, Julio is the one that if I were to invest in anyone in the Mariners, I would invest in him. I think he's got the chance to be a superstar in terms of he's got the kind of personality that I think is really engaging. Now, maybe he's not quite as expressive as you see with Tim Anderson uh, on the Chicago White Sox or as you see with uh, Fernando Tatis Jr. But the guy, there's something about him. It's just this, this, this presence that he carries himself with. It's presidential, but with some charm. I, I, I don't know how else to describe it. He's got it. some swagger to him. I'll give him that. Yeah. Kevin Mather is such an idiot for what he said about Julio Rodriguez. That's why he's not part of the organization anymore. I know. Thank goodness. <laughs> Thank goodness. Text in 710-710. It's not as much gambling as research if you're investing conservatively. Ooh. Well, the conservative investment at this point in time would probably be to get Jared Kelnick, right? Because it's only going to go up, right? We could just continue to sell hopes and dreams and just go younger and younger and start <laughs> talking about Novelli Marte Ooh. way before you know we are supposed to. He's like Bring 18. him up. <laughs> Novelli Marte. I like that. Okay. Yeah, you're going to really buy low on that. So that maybe is the Dogecoin. Diversify your bonds, foo. I agree. Come on, foo. I appreciate everybody for tuning in to this four hours of rambling and uh, all over the placeness. I appreciate very much Nick behind the glass, Peyton Barron's behind the glass for helping me out, Joe Fan who stopped by in the sports pit, Jake Heaps who stopped by for Blue 42 earlier this morning, and everyone who participated in the most interactive sports talk show in Seattle. We went four hours with it. I hope you have a wonderful weekend. Make sure that you're out at the ballpark on Saturday night. I'm going to be there in the 710 section. I want to meet you guys. Seriously, this has been ridiculous. We haven't been able to see anybody over the last, what, year and a half? It's ridiculous. I Paul want to meet some friends. Of Everyone, Paul wants friends. Yes, exactly, Nick. I want friends. I want to convince people that I'm cool. I'm cool. I like to do things that are fun. <laughs> what a sell job. That was so convincing, Paul. So long. Farewell. Jake and Stacey are next.